live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, Senior. Mm. Crank up that music, Michael. This is an intermation party. You yeah. understand? This is a party. Hors d'oeuvres, dancing. Who wants to play Twister? Information about Ukraine and the stock market. All in a party. Dimly lit room, etc., etc. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The uncertain economy. I just happen to be reading a survey of small business owners who are uh, they're not feeling real chipper. Oh, I'm really? concerned. I want to hear that. Yeah. How y'all doing? Your week off to a good start? Feeling good about the world? Well, you, sh- well, you shouldn't be. <laughs> You're we'll, an idiot. And we'll explain why coming Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. Sorry. Oh, I'm getting ahead. Oh, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Oh, jeez. Turned ugly already. <laughs> Here we go. Big finish. Zap. You know, we should probably issue a disclaimer in advance. Anybody who's offended by the term SOB, pronounced in full, uh, might be offended by certain chunks of today's show. As the ancient and cranky president threw that term around, we will explain going forward. All right. I'm going to stand up for the president in this. (laughs) As I am one who stands up for things caught on hot mics should not be considered real. And I'm standing, I'm saying that for my own preservation. I hear one, I hear one grumpy asshole guy standing up for another. That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) Things caught on a hot mic should not be considered the same as things said intentionally into a hot mic. And I'm saying that for my own preservation. And I'm going to apply it also to the president of the United States. If I say something and I didn't think the microphone was on, you don't get to count it the same way as if I knew the microphone was on. And I'm saying that for all of posterity and my radio career. I, on the other hand, am calling for immediate impeachment based on the president's assault on the First Amendment and the free press. All right, let's get that over with. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, January 25th. It's year 2022. New you in 22. Uh, yeah, I could use one. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, let's begin then officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, you stupid son of a... Uh, let's go at Mark. Do you think inflation is a political liability ahead of the midterm? That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. He called my cell phone, and uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. <laughs> invited me to step out in back of the gym. <laughs> we got more on that later. That's Peter Ducey of Fox News, their White House correspondent. And uh, that had tongues wagging yesterday. <laughs> Good phrase. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> if I tuned on the radio, one thing I'd want to know, we don't have to go into detail on this, is did Russia invade Ukraine? No, they have not yet. They're putting more and more people on the border. They're beefing up even more, but they haven't invaded yet. So that's where well, we are. Poor Vlad Putin. He's afraid of a provocation. Um, well, I've got a trio at least of China stories that should scare the bejesus out of you. Oh, good. Has anybody? Is this even a possibility? Has anybody said that that, that China and Russia could be working together on this? 
Does it, have you heard anybody you know smart say that? I'm saying it, but anybody smart who knows what they're talking about? Because it just seems like it'd be such an easy coordination. Well, if two halfwits make a wit, let me weigh in. It's almost impossible to imagine that they're not at least communicating about how? what's happening. God, it just seems like, how would the world respond if, if the day go time, Russia has rolled tanks across the Ukrainian border, France says this, we do that, blah, blah, and China has moved on Taiwan. How would the world handle that? Sanctions and other half measures, period. So I just wonder about that. Now, I heard somebody say today, um, which, which, by the way, is probably appropriate for reasons that I will explain later. I have been studying through the night and into the morning the best, most reasoned and, and, and intelligent analysis of the Ukraine situation. And, and I'd like to share it with you in a little bit. Well, as a stupid son of a bitch, I look forward to hearing that. But well, I'll have to dumb it down. Lord so, knows. So <laughs> I, uh, I heard somebody say that uh, Putin is the prized guest, cherished guest, honored guest, something of uh, she at the Olympics. He's going to be really given the uh, you're the king of the world and I love you and we're good friends treatment. It's like the only guy showing up, right? Right, because most of the rest of the world isn't going to be there either because China's evil or of COVID. So between right. the two things. Um, and that Putin's unlikely to want to step on that whole thing. I don't know. Do they? Do, what, what makes me think that she thinks the Olympics are so important? And, and Putin thinks the Olympics are so important. We can't interrupt the Olympics. I mean, right. that's why we Please. all realize that. Please. Why would she care if we interrupted the Olympics? If the Olympics get canceled on day two because they inter- they uh, they moved on Taiwan the same day Russia moves on Ukraine, the Olympics are canceled. By the way, you know whatever is what she would say. Who cares? Well, they, you know, my only point of disagreement with you is that they are viewing the Olympics this time as last time, whenever the Summer Games were a handful of years ago, as a a chance to prove the efficiency and effectiveness of their communist system. Even in the period of COVID, she is excited about showing how effective communism really is. Mm. You know, the other factor, back to your earlier question is, and, and I'm sure you've heard this headline, that the uh, the Chinese, the Russians, and the Iranians are going to get together for some naval exercises. They're going to be kicking around in the Persian Gulf or something like that. I, I, we got, uh, what do we call the, the, that trio, the axis of a-holes? I mean, that's, <laughs> wow. that's one idea. Wow. <laughs> Easy with the sailor talk. At least I abbreviate it. Yeah. I'm like the president, the obscene, <laughs> crazy, get off my south lawn president. Didn't, Come on. Didn't think the mic was going to hear it. So, ladies and gentlemen, going forward for the rest of my life, if I say something that ends up being recorded and I didn't think the mic was on, it does not count the same. I, for one, have nothing but pure thoughts, so I can't imagine how I would ever get in trouble that way. <laughs> oh, if only you knew, my friend. Oh, oh man. <laughs> you probably have an idea, now that I think about it. Oh, man. So, anyway, yeah, we I got... Know. I, that's a, how many times have we almost, you know, set off a, 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 a firestorm of, oh, no... On microphones, we didn't know we're hot. You get it. There's when you get into the business, they tell you, and everybody ignores this, or at least most people ignore it. Never say anything near a microphone. You don't want to go through that microphone into the little wires and out a speaker somewhere because it might. Right. Yep. 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 One thousand is the answer to that. How many times have we done that? Um, we've got plenty of news and all kinds of other in in, in torment for you on the way. How does mailbag look? It's good. 
It's it's good. It's chewy. It's, what what does that mean? It's uh, it's not for the meek, not for the faint of heart. Thick with two C's. <laughs> okay. Did you hear about the um, uh, the people getting booted out of the Australian Open tennis tournament for having uh, anti-China T-shirts? Did you hear that story? I did indeed. Yeah, we got to update you on that. Uh, what the hell? Come on, free world. Let's all get on the same page. Let's decide who's the good side and who's the bad side, and let's all get together, huh? We've stopped rocking in the free world, to quote Neil Young, who I believe comes up in a mailbag. Really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, lots of stuff on the way. Text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a story coming up about a restaurant that the owner made everybody who worked there post at least five four-star, five-star reviews on Yelp, whatever. What's the top on Yelp? Four or five. Uh, To work there, you had to post a certain number of uh, reviews, which is not a bad idea. You know, it's it's not... um, uh, ethical, but uh, you know. no, no, it's it's not. But there's a lot of unethical stuff that goes on around Yelp. W- yeah, Yelp is is half a scam. Uh, I realize they have lawyers. That's my opinion, according to something else I read. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, there are various studies at various times by various organizations on the veracity of online reviews in general, whether it's Yelp or Google or Angie's List or Amazon, whatever. Amazon, jeez. Am- oh, my God. Yeah, of course. How could I leave that off the list? And it's uh, it's uh, iffy, to say the least. Right. And then you read the little couple of paragraphs. So so how can a consumer protect themselves? Uh, uh, read it and see if it seems authentic to you, is usually the instruction. <laughs> We're always joking about the, like, you're going to go stay at a nice hotel or, a, like, a bed and breakfast or whatever, and the reviews go back and forth between greatest time of my life. We will cherish this, cherish this memory forever. And it was a pit. It was like being in Haiti for the weekend. <laughs> right, right. It's all five star and one star. This was like being in heaven. My wife and I, we've never been so happy than the next review. We were attacked by rats. <laughs> I got your... gonorrhea from the toilet seat. Oh, 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 boy. That's too bad. Here's your freedom loving quote of the day. I've decided with a, 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 a mixed heart, a conflicted heart, to do a series of Teddy Roosevelt clips. TR. They took, TR. His, took his statue down in front of the uh, the big uh, museum there in New York City the other day. Yeah, that's part of the reason I'm doing it. He was kind of top of mind. He's an interesting character. He was a, an amazing human being. Oh, absolutely an amazing human being. Did a lot of things that I consider very good. Uh, on the other hand, he was of the progressive mindset that the government could do anything it wanted to. Which I find uh, horrifying. Had some troubling racial attitudes. Uh, well, by yeah, today's but, standards. By today's standards, right. yeah. But so did virtually everybody. True. Uh, presentism is 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 awful. Anyway, uh, his most famous "Speak softly and carry a big stick. Mm. You will go far." Was the the rest of that saying? Saying you don't generally hear that last phrase. And then I like this one: If you could kick the person in the pants. Responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a month. Self-reliance, my friend. Hmm. Self-reliance. You are responsible. You deserve a kicking. 
Hmm? Oh, that's what he meant. I thought he meant you'll be so tired of kicking all those people, you'll have to sit down. Oh, boy. You need a self-kicking. <laughs> if you didn't understand that, reminds me of my favorite saying. If you don't know what introspection is, you should take a long, hard look at yourself. <laughs> Mailbag. Hey, now. Oh, here's a nice note from HP. The discussion of Jack's trip to the Museum of Modern Art with his son in hour four had me laughing out loud. So I was also viewing modern art with my son this weekend, and he had a very similar feeling about it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't get hour four on your radio station or you missed it or whatever, you can always grab it via podcast. Armstrong and Getty On Demand at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I consider that an example of the wisdom of children. Sometimes they can see through complexity in ways that adults can't. Well, there's a reason it was a child who declared that the emperor has no clothes. Ah, good one. And then the P.S. Joe, I still remember a story you told him when your youngest was very little about sitting on the floor with all three kids and rolling a ball between you and how fantastic it was hearing them all laugh. That brought tears to my eyes reading that email, HP. Mm. That's, uh, I, I don't remember those things until somebody brings them up or I see a picture and then it just floods back. And yeah, I remember that game. We'd all sit like in a, a circle with our feet touching and whack the ball back and forth and make up ridiculous rules as we went and then hoot and holler. And great times, great times. More valuable than all the golden Fort Knox. Moving along. Uh, totally different feel to this email. Uh, David, uh, commenting on my comments yesterday, we were reading about how affordable so many common goods are these days compared to even 1980. They are vastly more affordable thanks to the free market, including the unfortunately named rape seed oil. I don't, I don't know what that seed did to get that name, but it's not a good name. Anyway, David writes, they already renamed it canola oil. Canola is actually an acronym for Canadian Oil Low Acid, which comes from a variety of rapeseed developed to be low acid. And yes, I am fun at parties, he writes. <laughs> yeah, you can't call something a rapeseed. You put a little of this on your Nazi flakes and... Oh, yeah, and slice up a sodomy apple. And... Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. I know. It's terrible. Moving along, probably a minute too late. Uh, next topic is rocking in the free world. Just saw this on Fox Business, guys. Neil Young giving Spotify an ultimatum to either pull Joe Rogan because he's spreading COVID misinformation or Neil would pull his music. Wow. Come on. Darn. Man. You know, I just, I got to get used to it. We got some Eric Clapton stuff later. You just got to get oh. used to musicians of all ages and particularly the ancient mm. are crazy people. Ancient hippie musicians. Crazy yes. people. Yeah, and I, I could not love Neil more as a crafter of tunes. But uh, bottom line, Nick writes, uh, Neil Young knows the truth, also represents science, and he embodies rocking in the free world. I wouldn't try to talk to Neil Young or any other ancient musician and argue them out of their position because you would just you'd drive yourself crazy. But, hey, Neil, show me a society and how it's going to turn out if this is the way you craft it. You have free speech, except unless... An old guitar player decides they don't like something. Then that has to go away. What? Well, I suspect very strongly that old Marin Neal hangs in circles that are entirely of one point of view and and considers anybody who steps outside that point of view is just a lunatic. I mean, for instance, there's new information on the Wuhan lab leak theory, uh, email chain and the scientists, what they were saying behind the scenes. And that 
idea, the idea to even investigate it, remember, was strict verboten for a long time. But how about the fact that Neil Young runs in one set of circles you just described, but Eric Clapton, Van Morrison, and Meatloaf clearly run in a different set of circles (laughs) with different friends also feeding them crap. I guess Graham Nash and Mick Jagger need to mediate some sort of summit meeting. I don't. I That's don't even know. That's the question. Know. What does Mick Jagger think of the vaccine? We need uh, to know. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Longtime listener. All uh, right, Stephen Saratoga. Lots of discussion about how we uh, got to where we are now. Germany always oh, talking about Ukraine. Thoughts on Russia, Germany pipelines, presidential gaffes. What are if we're in a wag the dog scenario? The Democrats know they're about to lose it in the midterm COVID backfiring. What possible strategy could you deploy to hold on to power? Start a war. Yeah, this, this, this is the argument that so many people make all the time. And I didn't think it was true under Bush. I don't think it's true now. Well, I think Putin actually is trying to go into Ukraine. I think the world actually needs to stand up to it. Some of our listeners, uh, in particular, have offered long, detailed, well-researched, incredibly intelligent critiques of the idea of going to war. We're not going to war. We are not going to war over Ukraine. I will explain why. I could be wrong, but I'm not. Um, so the president got caught on an open mic yesterday, and the back and forth was kind of funny, and then there was an apology and all that funny. sort of stuff. So It was outrageous. If you haven't heard this stuff, it's on the way. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think the president's right. You are a stupid SOP. <laughs> yeah, nobody has fact-checked him yet and said it's not true. There you go. Um, so what's uh, what's the story here? I, I, let's just hear the whole thing. I, huh? Yeah, let's fire it up. Do you think inflation is a political liability ahead of the midterm? That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. So Peter Ducey of Fox asked the president after a little uh, get-together there, shouting questions as they all do, Hey, what do you think of Ukraine? Is Kamala Harris an idiot? You know, whatever they're yelling. Peter Ducey Ducey asked something about inflation and how it's going to affect politics or whatnot. Well, yeah, he said, do you think inflation is going to be an issue in the midterm? So no, I think it'll be an asset, you stupid son of a bitch. So the president is not answering any of these shouted questions and uh, mumbles into a microphone, which apparently is on, and it airs all... Where did it air? C-SPAN, or did it get on any of the other channels? Uh, no, I think it was just streaming on C-SPAN. Yeah. It's all it takes, though, Joe, in the modern world. What a stupid son well, of a bitch. And you've unleashed hell upon yourself. It's to its knees. Oh, but because uh, Peter Ducey's a grown-up and Biden's a grown-up, uh, Biden called and apologized to him, and Ducey told the story on Sean Hannity last night. Within about an hour of that exchange, he called my cell phone, and uh, he said, it's nothing personal, pal. And we went back and forth, and we were talking about uh, just kind of moving moving forward, and I made sure to tell him that I'm always going to try to ask something different 
than what everybody else is asking. And uh, he said, you've got to. And that's a quote from the president. So I'll keep doing it. So uh, I've always hated the way the uh, a Democratic president or all of the left portrays Fox. I just think it's ridiculous. You know, Obama used to talk about Fox not being a legitimate news network. and But treating MSNBC and CNN like they're unbiased, unvarnished truth. And it's just freaking stupid. Well, you pat a lapdog. <laughs> what people do well they actually believe it though i think they actually believe it it drives me nuts um and peter ducey is is usually the most contentious voice in any room uh where a president is uh, is he speaking up for fox i would say i oftentimes don't like his questions oftentimes i do like his questions like we we talked last week that you know he got called on once in that press conference i didn't i didn't think that was the best uh swing at the plate on uh what he got a chance to ask the president about there are times that I, I feel like the questions are too loaded and they come off right. as uh, red meat clickbait. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to good, good, solid probing questions. A probing question from a conservative point of view, which is there are they are right. needed and there are very few of them. And he has the opportunity and sometimes he passes for, you know, something that's more, um, you know, exciting, which, you know, probably get more clicks and you get to stay on the air longer and uh, make more money. With getting the exciting stuff. But what do you think of Biden's theory that it makes him angry? We've ju- I've just learned this in the last week. It makes him angry if he has a get-together about, I don't know, teachers need pay raises. And he has a couple of teachers there, and they stand there, and they talk about the importance of teachers in the world. And then when it's over, if any journalist asks a question about Ukraine or inflation or Hunter or anything that's not the topic he was there for, that makes him mad. I think that's weird. I think it is a very grumpy old man, which is a, a a not unknown syndrome among elderly men. By the way, um, it's a it's a mood change as you age. Uh, I would point out that Aisha Hosni of Fox News asked several days ago at an official question question asking event. She said, "Why why wait for Putin to act? Have you considered preemptive s- sanctions and that sort of thing?" And he muttered, "That's a stupid question." And now it's all the talk in foreign policy circles, yeah. whether there should be preemptive sanctions. So I just, you know, not only does he not have the mental acumen in the ways we've discussed many times to be president right now, he he, he doesn't have it emotionally either. Way too brittle, way too old. I like the way they both handled it, though. President calls and apologizes. Deucey says, yeah, it's water under the bridge, more or less, and uh, we're moving on. I like, him. Oh, I like you know both what? ends of that. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I want to emphasize that even more. Um, asked if Biden issued an apology, Ducey said, I don't need anybody to apologize to me. Yeah, he can call me whatever call. he wants as long as it gets him talking. Mm-hmm. That is that is so out of step with the whiny 21st century, and I love it. Him saying, I'm fine. Right. Yeah, we need so much more of that. No, that person doesn't need to apologize. I didn't take it as a racist this or what you know, whatever the supposed offense is. It was a microaggression against we, the moose haired, because he does use a tremendous amount of moose in that quaff or whatever he's using. Probably some sort of gel or a paste. I don't know. The Fox reporter? Yeah, Peter Ducey. Nobody's hair stands up like that. What a stupid son of a bitch. I'd like to have hair like that for just one day. Or my, my both my kids got great oh. hair. They have fantastic hair. They can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. 
And I just, I've never, never even had one day. I'd like one day of it just wow. to see what it was like. Wow. It's a beautiful dream. <laughs> Maybe I'll get the, the fake hair just for a day and I'll wear it this way and that way. So we see if it really dis- changes my life. Oh, I'm sure in every way. Um, we should discuss at some point when I will offer my analysis of why, A, we absolutely should not get mired in the Ukraine thing, and B, why we're not going to. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons at the top of the next hour of the show. If you can listen, do it. If not, grab the podcast later. Um, but I don't want to Ukraine people to death. No. A lot of wiggle room on the word mired, I would say, though, that you just used. Well, Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're they're uh, uh, overly involved. So we got um, our I've got a whole bunch of China stories today that are troubling, and I don't want to overdo it on uh, foreign policy just in general. But the Australian Open angle of the story. So I somehow I missed this last week that some people showed up to the Australian Open tennis tournament. Now, the tournament has gotten so much attention because the number one player in the world didn't get the vaccine. And whether or not he was going to get to play or not, that got all the attention. It turns out he didn't get to play. But you had a couple of uh, Chinese fans in the crowd wearing T-shirts that said, where is Peng Shui? Now, she's the Chinese tennis player that disappeared or was disappeared by the Chinese Communist Party, apparently. And then issued a perfectly legitimate hostage-style video saying she was fine. (laughs) Right. Anyway, the Australian Open booted these people out of the stands for having T-shirts that said, where is Peng Shui? They got a lot of pushback on that. Now, their their reasoning was pretty solid, I think, that they don't allow anybody in the stands that has any, you know, political, any messaging of any kind. And I can right. understand why you'd have a blanket rule like that, just to avoid problems at an international event. But uh, with, with a fair amount of pushback, they've decided they were wrong and they're going to let those people in. Um, Australian tennis said it would now take a common sense approach to the enforcement of its policy. And the defense minister said that that was not a political statement so much as a human rights statement. And so that's where they are on that issue now. That's interesting. Of course, oftentimes you could make the argument, whatever your political statement is, you could make, you know, some high minded argument as to why it's a human rights thing or something. A fairness mm-hmm. thing and not just a political statement. So, but, um, so, so the, uh, my, the main thing is what it looked like initially is that Australia was scared of China. I don't think is necessarily true. I just think they had a blanket, no politics rule. I would agree. And I thought they were on pretty solid footing. I'm actually mildly surprised to hear that they backed down. Uh, but, you know, that's fine. Like, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm happy that they ba- backed down and, and are going with more of a "if it upsets China, we'll allow it" rule. Yeah, I hear that. Okay, yeah, uh, Australia is definitely not uh, in the bag for China. They are a staunch adversary in the the region and a great ally of ours, which makes it all the more troubling that they've completely lost their freaking minds over COVID and are acting like you know just a, a dictatorship. A, 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 Almost as if a, a, a hormonal 14-year-old had become a dictator of a country and was casting about, uh, you know, the, the issuing edicts right and left that didn't make any sense and were uh, oppressive. Come on, check yourself, Ozzy. Where have all the working men of America gone? We need to talk about it, that at some point today. That's an interesting story. They could have long-lasting social and economic ramifications. We're going to kick off Hour 2 by talking to military analyst Mike Lines about the Ukraine situation. I don't think he can get better coverage practically than what he has to say about the whole thing. 
and lots of other stuff. In anticipation of our discussion of uh, working men in America, everybody needs to, during the commercial break, check their sperm count, if you can. Oh, boy. So i got to work up a sample. All right. Oh, boy. that See? See? I went just far enough. Then then you. Then you. Our you te- had to, didn't you? Our text line mm-hmm. is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Your eyes follow like traces in the night. That you so, if you want to go to the 49ers Rams game, it's going to be kind of expensive, it would appear. The get in ticket price over $500. Uh, which is double what the uh, Chiefs game was, um, and uh, the the most the last year's uh, NFC title game was three eighty. So this year it's over five hundred dollars. I got uh, two uh, you know rivals for sports for a long time, L.A. and San Francisco. Well, in an hour long Southwest Airlines flight. So right. that's, you know, a huge effect on demand. $588 per ticket on Ticketmaster before fees. Six fifty four on the second day of your market with fees is your average just get in and be able to say you were there ticket price so far. Hmm. Uh good news is for fans there are plenty of tickets available in almost every section of the stadium still, if you want to go. Yeah, I might give that a couple of days to shake out before I spent the money. See where those prices go. So uh, I'm not following this, Alex. Are uh, is LA still trying to get 40, keep 49ers fans out of the stadium? Do they have any way to do that with the tickets? They have no way of actually doing it with the tickets. Ticket Mac, uh, Ticketmaster revoked that decision. Anyone can buy them, but a lot of the fans are really pushing locally. You got to buy up all the tickets. Okay. Don't sell it. To so them. yesterday's initial, they're not going to let people from outside the area buy tickets. Went away quickly. And once again, it could be a sea of red for a home game for the L.A. Rams. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to see. That's, that seemed like an odd announcement from the beginning to me. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Worth noting, two former NFL or two former 49ers are offering to buy tickets off of Rams fans to give to <laughs> Niner fans, too. Well, yeah, awesome. it was never going to work, please. These people haven't heard of the Internet, apparently. <laughs> couple of tales from America's roadways. First of all, coming to a highway near you, teenagers driving giant semi-trucks. The federal government moving forward with the plan to let teenagers drive big rigs from state to state in a test program. There's a trucker shortage. Currently, to cross state lines for whatever stupid damned reason, you have to be 21 years old. I actually didn't know this. You can be a in-state trucker. But by God, you'll get out of that cab and turn it over to somebody else before you cross that state line. Wow. Which you have to, like, know where it is or see the welcome to wherever sign to even know you crossed it. Right. Some of the laws in this country. Anyway, uh, but they're doing an apprenticeship program uh, to help ease supply chain backlogs that would let 18 to 20-year-old truckers drive outside their home states. 
I suppose if they're already driving in my home state, I shouldn't be worried about no, this. The idea no, of that's teenagers behind the wheel of gigantic vehicles, though, I, I don't love it. Yeah, I know statistically, I can't argue with it. Uh, insurance companies charge the most for uh, for young people because the, there must be data to back that up. But I'll tell you, and this has been true my whole life, it's more true now that I've got kids. I'm in a school zone every single day. The most dangerous drivers in America Uh-oh. are like 38-year-old moms. That's the most dangerous driver in America. It seems crazy. You've got kids yourself, but they're the most likely person to be driving 45 through a 20 in a in a Toyota Camry. All the time. All the time. I, I, I don't want to pile on. I have noticed a certain gender-based trend on... Because I've lived near a couple of different high schools in a row. Uh, a gender-based trend on who's staring at their phone always while they're driving. Oh, boy. And it ain't the dudes. So, folks, talk to your daughters. Daughters, talk to your folks, because your mom drives like a freaking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not to say for a single second there are not bad male drivers. They're everywhere. It is to say that. There are no bad male drivers. Well, Only okay, bad then. female drivers. I tell you what, there was a male driver, the victim of a four-car pileup in Los Angeles the other day, Jack. None other than the former governor, action film star, dope, Arnold Schwarzenegger. 13-time Mr. Olympia. Yes. Mr. Universe, the greatest body in the history of bodies, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you like that, huh? (laughs) I read this over the weekend. Was he driving or was that other uh, bodybuilder dude driving? Anyway, they crashed his vehicle. It was his vehicle. Who, Did you Lou s- Ferrigno? <laughs> uh, it was one of your, you see, Body by no, he Jake. Was, he was driving his GMC Yukon. The Body by Jake guy. He Body by Jake spent most of the time talking to the cops. You know who he is? Another big, giant, square-headed, almost certainly took growth hormone dudes who has, oh, yeah. you know, That's infomercials. Sure. But uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's vehicle was, like, up on top of a bunch of vehicles, so I don't know yeah, what why don't you? Why don't you watch where you're going? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I showed you my Yukon. My my Yukon is so big. He crushed your little car. <laughs> run into the you back idiot. run into the back of your camera like I ran into the back of that maid. That's what I'll do. Oh, 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 oh too much. Too much. Why I oughta <laughs> A woman was taken. Son of a bitch. So ever hey, f- hey, that's was that Joe Biden or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, Hard geez. to say these days. <laughs> Oh my God! Do we have our favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger about leave some room in your stomach or whatever? But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach. Yeah, that's the best nonsensical one we have. You know, if a threat is so long and convoluted, the <laughs> receiver of it has to stop and think about what you mean. It's not a good threat. <laughs> There's nothing more to that, though, right? He got in a car wreck and he's famous. So is that it? Is that the story? I he's say- fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's fine. Luckily, he didn't kill, seem. kill anybody else because his car was on top of the other cars. So I don't know how fast he was going or what. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, long known as a guy who doesn't feel any rules apply to him. Any rules yes. of any kind don't yeah. apply to him. Yeah, yeah. We can tell our favorite Arnold story. <laughs> we spent an entire day with him. Well, it was it was like a three-hour ceremony. Chatting with him on and off stage, sitting next to him, turning and saying, hey, how about this? Blah, 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 blah. And then an hour later, we were at a different event with him. Zero recognition that he'd ever met us in his life. Which I assume is a Hollywood thing. You're just so used to meeting so many people. You just 
Unless right, you don't let people in past the skin, because why would you? You've met a million people. Yeah. I'm not offended by it. I just thought it was notable. Right. Yeah, and because and you I suck. Said, I've heard your show, you suck. <laughs> oh, Mr. Former Disappointment of a Governor, sir. Please. So the uh, Wall, I think it's interesting that the Wall Street Journal has got a pretty aggressive piece on Ukraine today. They've had several in the last couple of weeks, and and MSNBC is hawkish on the whole Ukraine story. When the Wall Street Journal and MSNBC are both hawkish on a story, I think uh, I think we're going to be a hawkish nation. But what do you mean by hawkish? You're vagueish about hawkish. Do you mean uh, troops? Do you mean exchanging fire with Putin's boys? I don't think uh, there's going to be any Western power with troops in Ukraine. Okay. All right. So you're talking about serious sanctions, more chilly war type activity. Well, we're sending an awful lot of our uh, our uh, armament to Ukraine, and we're going to we might send 8,500 troops somewhere, not into Ukraine, but somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Yeah, just to bolster up the Eastern European uh, democracies. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Mike Lines to kick off hour two to see uh, what level of a deterrent that will be and what what it could look like at its worst or 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 most likely, I suppose, would be the best question. Oh yeah, and I want to talk about Eric Adams, the new governor. I'm sorry, the new mayor of New York, and his anti-crime plans. Boy, are they a turn of the clock back to the Giuliani days with some tips of the cap to the left, but. Sounds pretty serious. Okay, if you miss an hour, I don't know why you can't listen all four hours, but if you miss an hour, get it on the yeah. podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.